a lot of the times people feel things and we act upon them, you know, their feelings, you, you love this person, or you've been friends with this person for so long, or this is your family member and their blood. So you have to tolerate them. You know, there's so many, it's not black and white life is in colors, you know? So I think that really asking yourself, what is best for you? but also remembering that it might not be the answer you want to hear and being okay with that. Hey everyone, welcome back to One Thing in Common podcast. On today's episode, we have Natasha Torres. Natasha recently just turned 25 years old and is pursuing a master's in social work. Her favorite thing to do is spend time with her family and she's the ultimate lover of French fries. Everyone, I am so pumped to bring on my friend, Natasha. Thank you so much, Megan, for having me. I feel so honored. I am so excited to have you on, Natasha. So y'all, for those of you who do not know Natasha, um, I've had the privilege of getting to know her within the last uh, few months. Recently, we just, we met y'all. Okay, this is a funny story, but we met and like really the first time in the bathroom church at the bathroom in our church um as like you meet a lot of like your friends ladies am i right can i get an amen i'm gonna just say i've met so many girls in the bathroom and like i'm friends with them to this day so shout out to the ladies room but i think we're both in there and you had come up to me and you're like oh like i know you have a podcast aiming towards mental health and um i'm like doing social work and i like love mental health and all that stuff I was like no way so we started chatting it was like let's get in contact and um ever since then like we'd see each other every sunday um and we've been able to like talk a little bit more we've been able to get coffee and just like share um our hearts with one another right and getting to know you this is one thing I live by is like quality over quantity. Right. And it's like, although I've gotten to know you over the last, like what, three months, like the depth of our friendship is insane. It's just like, whoa, like you can go so far with someone, um, just getting to know them so intentionally within like a matter of months. And so I just wanted to share that with people because although we haven't known each other for so many years, um, just getting to know you the last, um, few months has literally been so, um, refreshing and so sweet and knowing someone that has that same passion and love for mental health and you're in the social work like field and that's no small thing. And that takes a lot of, um, a lot of heart and a lot of things that people just don't see right. Um, on the outside and maybe things that you have to, um, you know, just go through and stuff like that. So, I want to say thank you for being on today, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. I know I feel the exact same way. I really, you know, I think what you do is so honorable. You know, this this work that you do with the podcast, I think that there's a purpose behind it. Um, I find it very inspirational and informative. So, you know, I appreciate you and all the effort that you put behind this. So I am so excited because today, one of the topics we're going to touch on just a little bit, and that is on the five love languages. This is one that I've been um, asked to speak on uh, multiple times. And so I was like, all right, let's do it. And I know you've got a heart for just love. Like you've got a heart for love. And so I was like, my girl, Natasha, let's go. Um, but I, I love this topic, um, the topic of love languages, because I know for myself, um, my family included, learning about this and and reading about it and understanding my love language and my families and my friends has just tremendously impacted my relationships with them. It's improved so much because there's understanding where there was just like confusion before, right? Like things that I'm like, but I don't get why they're not receiving this love that I'm giving, or maybe they were giving me love and I wasn't receiving it. Right. And so I think this is such, um, if you're listening, if you never heard of this before, the five love languages, I'm so excited for you to hear this because it's completely changed my life. I know it's changed my family's life. And so let's let's get the ball rolling. Hey, let's get the ball. Yes, right. So my girl, um, before before we get started and talk about the love languages, because I know we're gonna go into all the different topics. Natasha, I want to ask you, what's your love language? Or what's your top three? And then what's your like your top top? Oh my goodness. Top three. Never been asked that before. Um, well, I think, I think that I should 
explain what they are before I say what mine is. All right, let's do it. Okay. So the five, there's five love languages and one is words of affirmation. And that's basically just verbal encouragement and communication, you know, just kind of sharing with your family or with your partner that they matter to you. They're significant. Um, that's, that's a love language. And then you have physical touch, which is more just like PDA and um, affection, like hugging, um, maybe holding hands and, you know, just public display of affection. Then you have receiving gifts, which is just being like thoughtful and, and, and doing small gestures and things like that. And then you have quality time, which is, you know, uninterrupted time spent with, you know, a partner or a family, a group of people. And then you have acts of service, which is more like assisting and helping, whether it's like doing a chore or, you know, doing a dish to some, some small assistance is, is another love language. And so my love language is definitely quality time. Um, it's just really important to me. I just feel like significant. I feel like my love tank is full and it's just, it, it's very meaningful to me. What's yours, Megan? All right, girl. Well, I'll, I'm going to say, I mean, like for real, for real, my top one would be quality time as well. Um, because it's that same, it's like, I don't need to spend like a long time with somebody, but if the quality is good, like it's worth it. So even if it's like a FaceTime mm-hmm. of with a friend that haven't yeah. spoken like, Oh, like a while, or like, I haven't spoken to in months or years, that quality FaceTime of like two hours of just talking, catching up, like f- will literally make up my day. Like it'll make my day. It'll make my love tank full. Um, even, you know, when we on a Sunday, right. And we mm-hmm. come back from, we get out of church and we go get our lunch or cafecito and just like that quality time, even if it's like one or two hours before you have to head back to your day to, you know, finish up schoolwork or whatever, that time together is just so meaningful. And so right. I think a lot of people like, they think, oh, well, to have a good relationship with this person, I need to spend like all day, every day. Absolutely right. not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like you need to have healthy boundaries and know like that you don't need to spend like all the time together with somebody to enjoy them. You can spend maybe one or two hours, whether that's a day or a week, or who knows if someone's around the world, a month, right. whatever that looks like, but the time you spend with them, it it's so meaningful. So that would be my top, top. What would you be going back, go rounding back up? What would be your, your um, second and third one? I think my second would be words of affirmation. Just kind of being told that, you know, I matter. Oh, I really appreciated that you did this. Mm. That really just means a lot to me. And then my third, I think... I think acts of service. Dude, wait, we're literally the same one. I'm not (laughs) Natasha. I'm I was on the phone with a friend last night and um they're like, what are you what's your like your three love languages? Like, and I was like, oh um quality time, um, words of affirmation and acts of service, like just like that. We have the same order. That's so funny. Y'all, this was not planned. Yeah, I just feel like, like <laughs> no, it was totally not planned. I literally was like, I spontaneously want to know your answer, so don't tell me what your love language is. But oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, no, acts of service and words of affirmation because you know, you know, I just I just appreciate help. You know, I don't know if it, I think also it just comes back to like maybe how you were raised too. Like if I see my grandma, like she's always in the kitchen, you know, like just kind of helping. So I don't know. I I just feel like, yeah, words of affirmation. Tell me how much you appreciate me. Acts of service. Help Absolutely. Me a bit. Absolutely. So that's hilarious. But um, anyone who wants to know more about the five love languages and just like more specific detail, there is a great book that I recommend by Gary Chapman. It's yes. called The Five Love Languages, The Secret to a Love That Lasts. And it has a lot of great information, but one thing that I felt was extremely important to cover that I wanted to share is it's labeled as the truth people miss. Mm. And this truth is that people have different love languages. And I feel like this is extremely important because what happens is, so just an example. So my love language, let's say I'm Sam. My love language is quality time. Mm -hmm. And Megan is Bob and hers is physical touch. If we're out together and we're spending time together, right? Let's say we're watching a movie. 
throughout that whole movie, I don't touch Bob's hand. I don't touch his shoulder. I don't hug him or give him a kiss or whatever. His love tank is not going to be fulfilled by the end of that movie. But my quality time with him, my love tank is fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so that's the common misconception that people have is you love based on your own love language. But if another person has a different one, they are not going to be 100% satisfied. Mm -hmm. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I felt like that's extremely important to know, you know, the difference. And I think that's what, you know, being in a relationship is all about is, you know, you have differences and you embrace them and you learn together how to grow. Um, But yeah, I thought that was really good. So I really recommend the book. It's on Amazon. It's very easy to get. So it has a lot of great information. I think that's so key. And um, I had, it was, um, there was like a Q and a one night, it was like at a youth night and, um, they were talking about, or a young adult night. And they were talking about like the love languages and, um, this girl was sharing how she was sharing love the way she receives love, but not the way her family receives it. Right. So hers was words of affirmation. She's like telling how much, like how amazing her sisters are and how great her parents, like giving so much love. And like, they would be like, okay, cool. Thanks. Like, like it, it just, it wouldn't mean much to them. Right. Yeah, and it's just like, I love was not being fulfilled. Right. Yeah. And she was like, I literally just poured out my whole heart to you. And all I got was a thanks. like, you know, and then it was really funny because when she had understood like, Oh, that's not like their love language is something else. And if I don't love on them the way they receive love, they're not going to receive it. Like, right. and that totally neglects the whole point. So it's so important to understand your love language, but it's also even more important once you know yours, it's great. So you have awareness and you could share that with a friend or a partner, but it's also important to know your partners or your friends or your family, right? This is like any kind of context of a relationship, right? Not just Absolutely. a romantic relationship, even work relationships, right? Like whether it's your boss or things like that, right? Um, if it's words of affirmation, you'd be like, you're the best boss ever. Like you better believe they're going to be super happy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's just so key because I feel like a lot of times and this has changed for me, like the game when it comes to just like, again, re- relationships and in context of like, I know mine and mine's the same thing, as you said, quality time, words of affirmation and acts of service. Um, but I understand that's not all of my friends love languages, right? It's a coincidence that's yours right. too, but it's not my, all my families or all my friends. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but it's so cool when you get to love on someone the way they receive that love and they love on you the way you receive it. And it's like, you want to love them the way they receive it. Right. And it may not be your favorite thing, right? Like, like physical touch for us isn't the biggest one. Right. But if you know, like, that's what, you know, whether it's your boyfriend or whoever, that's the way they feel love. Like you're going to want to hold their hand. You're going to want to give them a scratch or or scratches or whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that's so cool and so big. And yeah, you can totally read the book. If you guys do not, if you haven't like read it yet or take, um, there's a quiz online so you can find out what your love language is because Mm -hmm. sometimes I also think maybe seasons, your love language can change, you know, um, when you grow, it could change. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so I think it's so cool. And it's just so funny to hear that yours are the same exact ones like mine and or I'm like, that's why we just naturally like gravitated towards each other. Yeah. That explains why in this short period of friendship, we've we're very close. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, like we, again, like if we think back to, it, it's not like we've gone out so many times together. We've gone out a few times that I can like, remember the exact times that we went out. I'm like, yeah, we, we, we had depth in our conversation. Like we went yeah, all very in. Deep. Very deep. Yes. <laughs> very deep. Yeah, love is so important to prioritize and it's great, you know, information to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's when, and it's really cool to reflect on like, let's say like a relationship you're in and it may be a little rocky, right? And maybe this couple doesn't know the love language and then they learn it. And then they're like, whoa, like I get it. Now I understand why this person wasn't reciprocating my love or maybe that's why I wasn't reciprocating theirs. And it's like, when you understand, you can literally see relationships that are on the verge of just like cracking to Mm -hmm. like thriving, right? And it's been such a game changer. So if y'all have not checked that out, check out the five love languages by Gary Chapman. It is awesome. Awesome. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up that we were chatting a little bit about, um, before this, and that's on the topic of empathy. Mm 
Um, I know it's a topic near and dear to your heart. I know you have a huge heart, so big, like literally the size of like the Atlantic Ocean, probably not even bigger than that. (laughs) (laughs) But no, for real, you have such a big heart. And as we were chatting, you were saying, you were sharing so many different things. I was like, wow, I could relate to you on that. And I can feel that. And I'm like, I can only imagine how many more people may um, feel the way that you do, or maybe the way that you did in your past and things like that. So Natasha, um, I want to like, just, um, give you the, give you the mic. Yeah. Let me give you the mic through the screen. (laughs) I want to give you the mic right now to just talk about this topic of empathy and, um, how sometimes we can view the, um, empathy as a weakness when in reality it's, it's mm-hmm. not right. It, it really is like a superpower that we have, but can you share your story with that? Yes, Megan, thank you so much for acknowledging that, you know, sometimes vulnerability is viewed as a weakness and that's exactly how I viewed it, especially when I was younger and, you know, in society, it wasn't always accepted. So a way that, you know, it's kind of helped me change that perspective is embracing this as a gift, you know, like the Lord has blessed me with this sensitive or this passion or this empathetic heart, and it's going to be put to use, you know, there's a purpose, like in Romans, it talks about how we have different gifts according to the grace he has given us, you know, and so I feel like this is going to be so useful in my career, it's extremely relevant in my friendships, and I feel like in the other roles I'll have later in life, they'll, you know, be put to use and be impactful. And then another thing that I feel that I used to do was I would become very invested with other people in their lives. Because when I feel things, I feel them very deeply. So if I'm like really sad or I'm really hurt, I feel it, you know, like to another level. And the same thing for like joy and happiness. It's the same thing. So for example, I was like getting my nails done the other day. And there, the girl next to me was talking to the nail lady. I obviously have no idea who this woman is. She looked like she was near my age. And she just shared that she just lost her mom unexpectedly. And I was like, whoa, like my whole world, like I literally felt like a wave through my body. Like I felt so empathetic and so sad. I literally even went in my car and I like had a moment for, for this complete stranger. I mean, obviously what she was what she shared was very sad. So it would be normal for any person to feel sad, but I just feel things on a very deep level. Like it would be to the point where it may affect me for like the whole day or days even following, you know? And like, for example, like the other day, like my brother had called me and he was really upset. Like he was emotional. And I don't know about you guys, but like, I just don't feel like guys cry that often. My brothers don't cry that often. So when I heard his voice, I was like, oh my goodness, no, what is happening right now? Like, you know, I felt like his overwhelmingness. And so I had called my mom, like I called my dad. It was like a whole family thing. That's how, that's, I feel things so deeply. And the same goes for like joy and happiness. So something that's been really helpful for me that I've done is I don't only set boundaries with other people, but I set the boundary with myself because I, I know myself, I know how I'm wired. I know how, um, you know, my heart is and my emotions work. And so kind of setting those limitations and those boundaries has been really helpful with becoming maybe too invested or too involved with other people and their actions or the behaviors and this and that. Um, and then another weakness was I would allow other people's behaviors to really dictate my happiness, Mm -hmm. which like as a result would get in the way of my peace. Yeah. Um, for example, I had a friend the other day kind of approach me and this person kind of shared something that was pretty obvious that I would like feel a little bit like offended or like uncomfortable. Like this some, was something that was a bit hurtful mm-hmm. and I felt really good about the conversation because it was more like one, the Holy spirit was so there and I just kind of had the conversation and I was like, you know what? I think that this is something that we should maybe follow up on. Like, I think you should reflect, like I should reflect, let's pray about it, you know, cause it's, it doesn't seem like this is maybe the right moment for us to continue this conversation and then come together like at another time. Yeah. And yeah. so I left that conversation with such peace and I was able to go about my day and the days following, um, fine. You know, like I didn't have, I didn't, 
I felt a little bit bothered by this, but I didn't allow it to dictate my peace or my happiness or whatever was going on that week, you know, or get in the way of like experiences. And I really feel like in the past, it really would have maybe affected me more. Mm-hmm. And so how that's helped me is I validate my own feelings, regardless if I'm getting validation from the other person or from other people, even if I deserve it and I don't receive it, I validate my own. I, I, the Lord validates it for me. I validate it for me, for myself, you know? And so that's been such a helpful like process in my growth with my empathetic heart, being able to just embrace my gift and set boundaries with myself and validate my own feelings or my own self-worth has just been so helpful. And something that a, that a friend shared with me recently was the heart is deceitful. We, we know this. And I feel like it is so much smarter to listen to your gut or to yourself than follow your heart because the heart is deceitful. Yeah. You know, and so once I was able to identify, like, you know what, Natasha, this is great. You have a gift. You feel things. You have compassion for other people. There's purpose to this, but you still have to have boundaries. You still have to protect your peace. You still have to um, remember your self-worth. And, you know, so being able to identify that this is a gift, there's purpose, and but also not being led by my emotions or allowing external things to affect me and my everyday living or my everyday peace Mm -hmm. has been so helpful and just living a peaceful, like fruitful life, you know? Yeah, girl, I can relate to so much that you said, like, oh my God, the, the thing of like not allowing other people's actions to like affect your mood or your entire day. Right. Like I know my old self, somebody would do something that would like piss me off. Like people are like, you get mad at me again. And they're like, I'm like, yes, I'm a human being. I can get mad. Okay. I'm like, I may not show it, but I can get mad. Okay. So there's like things that, you know, someone just like, and maybe not to me, but like, again, like I, I feel very deeply and I care very deeply. I love deeply. So even if someone doesn't do something to me, but they just do something that I know it's not good for them mm-hmm. it hurts me. Cause I'm like, I care so much for this person. I have so much love for this person, but they're like totally going down the wrong path. Right. And it, it pains me to watch this because I cannot do anything. I can love right. on them. I can encourage them. I can speak life into them. But at the end of the day, like I'm not there. I'm not trying to be their mom or dad. I'm trying to be a friend. Right. That's a real place. That's mm-hmm. a real place. And so place. old Megs would like allow the actions of others, again, maybe not being done to me, but just actions of people doing things that are not really good for their own lives. And it would really affect me and really hurt me. And it would really like, really, like I would get stuck in a rut and I'm like, people like what's wrong. And you know, like, I'm like, it's not even me. It's just, you know, like try to navigate that, but realizing like, and I learned this early on, like years ago, years ago, I learned this, like, Cause I had one friend that I just cared so much for her and I still do to this day, but we just are on like two different paths, two right. different lifestyles. And I would give so much and pour so much. And it was just like, it wasn't going, it wasn't, right. maybe the seed was planted, but it just wasn't, she wasn't reciprocating that. And I had to detach myself mm-hmm. um, emotionally from that friendship because it really was like taking a toll on me to where I was like, now I can, you know, like I'm that person. I'm like, Hey, like when they're ready, they're gonna like, I'm here. Like I have like an open door policy. Like when you need to talk to me, I mean, with boundaries, obviously like, oh, like with boundaries, like, okay, like, like let, let, let with boundaries. But I have that, like, I, like, we don't need to talk every day for you to tell me what's going on. Like I have friends that I like literally catch up with maybe like a few times a year, but the few times that we catch up, it's like, nothing's changed. Like that friendship is still solid. Um, so I'll still be there for that person, but I've learned, like you said, creating boundaries with people, but then creating boundaries with myself. I'm like, okay, is this, is this affecting my mental health? Is this friendship affecting my mental health? It's like their actions affecting me. And why is it affecting me? And that's because I was giving too much power to them. Like, they mm-hmm. weren't doing anything to me, but just letting their actions affect me. That was like, that's something that I need to work on. Like they can keep doing what they need to do or not what they need to do, but they could keep doing what they're doing. Right. But 
in order for me to, to protect my peace, I need to do what I need to do. Right. And so I think it's so like key that you mentioned that because being able to like distinguish and I can now clearly with like a greater perspective and experience, like when I feel kind of like that tension of like, I see my, you know, just people that I care about that I love kind of like maybe going on the wrong path or, you know, things like that. I don't, I don't get all bottled up. I don't, I don't get like flustered. I mean, yeah, it'll hurt. It'll hurt. Cause from a right. loving, like from a loving point, it'll hurt, but I pray for that person and I'll encourage them. And I say, Hey, whenever you need me, you have my number. Whenever you need a FaceTime, I'm here, you know, and they will call, they will, they will message whenever, whenever they need to. Right. Um, it's not like, Oh, canceling you out. Cause I'm definitely not for cancel culture at all or people like, come on. Um, again, boundaries, that's a whole different topic. Um, and like circumstances, it's all, it's all circumstantial. Right. But my point is, is that that's so key what you said, because, um, now that I've been able to kind of like overcome that and learn that about myself, um, I can now see that in other people, like friends that get like really like flustered or annoyed. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, trust me, I, I get it. Cause I've been in your shoes, but like, sis, you like, that person is like taking your like emotional like tank and just like drain right. and, mm-hmm. and and you're and you're giving them that power right? right you're giving them that power so i think it's so key natasha i want to ask you because you um you spoke about boundaries that you've set with people um but also with yourself i know i had done like um i had done like a poll on my Instagram and it got like a really high percentage. I don't know if it was like 75%. It was a while back, but I think like 75% of people said that they struggle with creating boundaries for themselves. Um, and that was like really eye opening to me because I was like, Hey, I was definitely part of that statistic. Like probably a year or two ago, like I struggled with boundaries, did not know how to like create them, did not know how to stick to them. Um, how would you say, what are some boundaries that you created for yourself? that have helped you protect your peace? Hmm. I would say that I, what I do different is I acknowledge my feelings. They're valid, you know, but I do not allow my feelings to determine my outcome or make my choices for me. Mm, I separate them. I truly, and when I tell you that I used to not separate them, I used to not separate them. And so now that I've really been able to just identify that, it's been a game changer for me Mm -hmm. because, you know, I acknowledge, you know, I feel this, yes, this may be hurtful or this may be a tough situation, but I put them to the side and I say, what is best for you? Mm -hmm. What is in your best interest? What does the Lord's will tell you to do about this situation or about this friendship or whatever the, like the situation may be. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, a lot of this, a lot of the times people feel things and we act upon them, you know, their feelings, you, you love this person, or you've been friends with this person for so long, or this is your family member and their blood. So you have to tolerate them. You know, there's so many, it's not black and white life is in colors, you know? So I think that really asking yourself what is best for you, but also remembering that it might not be the answer you want to hear and being okay with that. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's, that's so good. I love that because you mentioned, um, family friends, like, and I think that's something some people struggle with that I've had conversations with, um, you know, you, you don't choose your family, right? Like you, mm-hmm. like God's placed you with your family. Right. And I believe that mm-hmm. he places you with your family for a reason. Um, I know everyone's circumstances, are different, you know? So it's, again, it's not black and white. Um, but what I do know is that like, for instance, when it comes around the holidays and there are certain friends that really struggle with certain, maybe aunts, uncles, cousins, or even parents that they're visiting down from college, whatever it may be. It's like, yeah, they, they could be your blood, but you still need to create those boundaries for you and for you and, and to protect yourself. Right. And a lot of times if people are resistant towards boundaries, it's because they don't understand what a boundary is. You know, I remember 
maybe like a year or two back, had a lot of friction with somebody because they just didn't, they didn't understand what a boundary was. Like they literally don't, I was like, this is my boundary. And they're like, that's not a boundary. I was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. they did not just say that wasn't a boundary. I, I was just like, all right, I'm going I'm to stop talking and I'm just going to walk out <laughs> because you can't, when someone doesn't understand and you're trying to explain, but they don't understand you're it's, or even if they don't want to, it's, it's different. Somebody doesn't understand them. They're willing to, to mm-hmm. try like, Hey, I don't get this. Can you please explain it to me? Cause I don't get it. Absolutely. But when you're trying to explain yourself to someone and they're just straight up, like not having it or straight up, like they don't, they don't care. Then you have to have enough respect for yourself to be like, okay, I said what I needed to say. I'm going to walk away now. I'll let you chew on what I said, but I said what I said and that's it. Like there's, there's nothing. <laughs> I, said what I, said. I said what I said, like, there's nothing more to be added to that, you know? Right. And mm-hmm. one thing I've learned is like, you know, not fanning the flame when it comes to arguments. Right. And it's like, when someone's mature, right. like, you can agree to disagree. Right. I have right. friends um, that I agree to disagree with. Right. That does not affect our friendship whatsoever. That doesn't affect how I view them whatsoever, you know, but we're, we're mature enough to be, to have different perspectives on things, but we still love each other. Right. Um, maybe people have different boundaries. You know, I will respect someone's boundary because, Hey, that's their boundary. Maybe that's their conviction or that's, that's what they're comfortable with or what they're not comfortable with. Right. Same thing with, with, um, with ourselves, we may have boundaries that family members may not understand. Uh, friends may not understand. Um, boyfriends or girlfriends, they may not understand. And that's okay. But as long as they can respect it, you know? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, I think there's a, you know, there's a difference between like respecting and accepting, you know, like you don't have to agree with something, but if you could respect it, then you're showing someone like, Hey, I respect you enough to, have this boundary, even if I don't agree with it or understand it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was, you said it perfectly, you know, you don't have to completely understand the whole picture, but if you can um, respect the person, I'm like, Hey, I respect your boundary. Then I think there's peace with that. So I think um, just throwing this out there, like a red flag when it comes to relationships or friendships or whatever, and like you're setting a boundary and that person's just not reciprocating it, or they're not like, um, respecting that, then that's like, okay, that's your cue. That's your sign to maybe walk yeah. away from that. Like, that's your sign. Yeah. Like, you're like, Hey buddy, I, this is my boundary. This is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. And if you can respect Absolutely. that, like, great. And if you, if you can't, if that's something that you can't come to terms with, then maybe this isn't the best thing. Right. Maybe there's, some, you know, like someone that will get you and somebody that will get me or have that same conviction and boundary. Sure. So I love that you had mentioned that. So I wanted to kind of piggyback to what we were talking about a little bit before earlier um, on the topic of empathy. And I know we had touched on how empathy is not a weakness. It is a huge strength. Um, and there's so much more to that. Natasha, could you explain a little bit? Cause that, like, this is like your bread and butter. Like you, you, you know, this way better than I do. So I'm like, I'm gonna let you explain okay. this sister, but can you talk about the three different kinds of um, types of empathy and kind of like how, when you understand that about yourself, it just brings more clarity to things. Yeah. And before I do that, I just want to say, I feel like as I'm talking about this with you, I, it's so obvious how important it is to know about yourself so they can like have life-giving and successful relationships and meaningful, um, you know, friendships and things like that. So I just kind of feel like that's what I'm gaining from this. So hopefully, you know, everyone else can agree, but yeah, so the three types of empathy, there's cognitive and there's emotional, and then there's compassionate. So cognitive is you understand how someone feels, you know, you're just able to really understand them on another level. Yeah. And then, which is probably the most common, I would say cognitive. And then emotional is like when you physically literally like feel like a wave or whatever they're feeling, whether it's sadness. I mean, maybe not like the whole experience, obviously, but you just feel like the main source of, of hurt or pain or whatever the case may be. And then there's compassionate, which is just to help and like be supportive, kind of maybe provide like a problem solving like suggestion. So mine is emotional. Mm. 
I feel things like, especially by the people closest to me, like my family member, like if they're going through something, like I feel like an overwhelming sense of like whatever they may be going through. So I was just curious, which one would you say is yours? Such a great question. Cause honestly, I haven't like dug into like the three different kinds. So I'm like trying to like, okay, she said cognitive, emotional. And what was that last one you said? And then compassion, which is just and support. And then cognitive is you understand the person. Okay. I think I would have to go with compassion because I feel like when it comes to just like, especially, I don't know. I I feel like God has definitely allowed me um, this season, um, which really was a privilege to be there for people going through just different things, um, different age groups and just, yeah, a lot. Um, but I think one of the biggest things, like I know with a lot of them, I didn't go through what they run through it. I didn't experience what they experienced. So I couldn't be like, I completely understand because I can't, I I didn't experience it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I could, I could put myself in their shoes and, and imagining like, okay, what they went through. Um, and then once I picture that or feel that it's like, dang, it's a whole different feeling where I'm like, okay, that that's, that's hard. That's deep. Like that's when you could put yourself in someone else's shoes and feel that it, you, you have a lot more, um, I would, I would say the word compassion for them because you're, you're putting yourself in them shoes. But I would say that because I'm, I don't, I don't have all the answers to everything. Um, I haven't gone through all the things in the world. I've gone through. I've gone through some things, right? Um, so with certain um, situations, I could totally relate to people and other ones. I could just really be there to sit with them. I know that's one thing I've learned in this season is, um, again, having the privilege of just being there for 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 people that I I didn't go through what they did, but I was able to sit with them in their pain mm-hmm. and and just and just sit there, literally, wow. and just be there. And wow. they would tell me like Megan you just sitting with me in my pain was all I needed. I I didn't need advice. I didn't need another self-help book. I didn't need to hear a sermon or a podcast. I just needed another human being to sit with me in my pain. And I firsthand did that multiple times this year. Um, And it truly changed like the posture of my heart because back then I was like, if we're talking about Enneagram, I'm like a type one. So I'm like trying to help people and I do it out of love and I just care about people. I want the best for them. So one thing I learned about myself is that I would give a lot of like unsolicited, I think I said that right. Unsolicited advice. And I never knew, like I would always kind of I'd be kind of offended. I'm like, okay, well, like I gave this person such great advice, but they did complete opposite. And, and then like, people listening to me. <laughs> and then like through like the years of like, just like self-discovery and learning about myself and the way that like God's created me and stuff. I'm like, oh, like maybe I don't need to always like throw in my two cents. You know, maybe that friend was telling me like this problem, but maybe they didn't really want an answer. Maybe they just wanted me to hear them out. Right. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned within the last two years, but I really got firsthand experience this year was to just keep my mouth shut and just be there with people. And it's crazy because, um, after just sitting with them in their pain, they would be like, exactly what I just said. Thank you. And I would be like, so shocked because I was like, that's crazy. I literally yeah. just sat here. Like I didn't even say a word and like, they're thinking me as if like, I gave them like the best piece of advice. And, and I've learned like not to give advice unless someone asks. So like, I'll just listen to someone on, hear them out. And then if they're like, okay, Meg's like, what do you think about this? Or what would you do if you're in my shoes? Or what do you think I should do? Then I'm like, okay, well, if you know, if I were in your scenario or if I were in your shoes, this is what I would do. You're a different person. So I don't like, you know, I'm always distinguishing, like you're your own person. I'm my own person. This is what I would do. I'm letting you know that, but at the end of the day, you get to choose what you want to do. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Right. So, it's their life. Yeah. It's their choices. Yeah. So it, it's, um, and I think, I'm not sure if that's like, I guess I chose the oh, right one, but based, on, based off like what I like the explanation yeah, I that you gave, but I would say that just because, um, you really get to learn a lot just sitting with people, you know, sometimes it's, it's not the words that are said, but it's the feelings that are felt. Wow. Yes. And, and that's what's remembered. Absolutely. I mean, we've heard this quote all before, I'm sure is like, people will never remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And so it's like, I can come off with the greatest lecture, the greatest piece of advice. And that doesn't matter if that person does not feel loved at that moment or not feel seen or heard or valued or worthy. Right. So that's just like the biggest thing for me that I would say would be compassion, you know, and it, it's so powerful and it takes off the pressure of trying to be like Superman or superwoman, you know, like I f- felt like I always had to like give an answer to somebody or like, I had to be the one to like, tell them like, all right, like they're trusting me. Like, is that like, they're trusting me their life. It's like, no, I'm not God. And I ain't trying to play God. Like I'm trying to be a friend, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it takes off the pressure of trying to be Superman or superwoman, you know, and, and, and acknowledging that, we ourselves are flawed and we're human and we don't have it all together and we are perfectly imperfect hashtag one thing in common podcast. And so I just think, um, yeah, that was like a whole little, a whole little side chat there, but I think that's what I would say would be mine. And I just say that how you were, how you were saying that, you know, you would just sit with people in that moment. Now that we're talking about it, you were there for me in a moment like that this year. And so I just feel like so touched now that you're saying that. And I'm glad that, you know, you've been able to kind of identify that and help other people. I'm sure with like BSM and everything, you know, you've been able to just be like a helping hand and you've definitely been one for me. So I just wanted to share that and add it to your little. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you know? I know, I know. Yeah. I know because I really didn't say much. <laughs> I was just acknowledging. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So thank you. So that's so funny. But yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it means it means a lot. And I'm sure it means a lot to the other people that you've experienced with, you know, as well. So yeah. And thank you for your words for that. And one thing that just... I think God made me realize through my own experience was like, you may know what, like, I'm not like, you can know, like what's best for someone at times. Like you're like, okay, that would be the best thing for them, you know? (laughs) But I really do believe that like, for instance, okay. Just so that, cause I'm not sure like that sounded the way I wanted to sound. Um, like parents, our parents want the best for us. Right. So they're going to like, tell us like, Hey, this is what I think is best for you when it comes to relationships or advice. They're like, we, because they love us so much, they're going to like say what's best for us or like give Mm -hmm. us advice on like what they think is best for our lives. Right. So we can have friends, Mm -hmm. um, that we think we're like, we think this is the best thing for you. And we say this because we love you and we care about you. Um, but there are times in people's lives where like, they're just going to like completely neglect what everyone says and do their own thing. And it's not until they fall on their face and they're like, okay. All right, God, let's, let's work on this. And I think for me that had to happen where, um, I wasn't, I wouldn't say neglecting what the people around me were saying, but it was more of like, I was just doing what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I really fell on my face and I was like, ouch, that hurt. All right, Lord, let's do this thing together. (laughs) And it was more of like, again, like I had the greatest people around me speaking truth, but I had to feel the pain myself to learn, like to get out of that mess. And that's, that's something that I'm learning in this season with, again, people that, um, I feel like God's just entrusted me with, um, um, a select few of people that I, I could, I I know what to say, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let them figure it out. Wow. Because that's what happened to me when, and, and, um, Shout out to to my my therapist because she's thebomb.com. But she knew exactly what next step I needed to do. She knew exactly what step I needed to take. And she knew that from the first meeting we had. You know, like she knew that. But she waited. Um, it was like once a week for a whole month that really like just the the light switched for me. Um and 
she asked me a question and I sat there for 30 seconds and I answered it. And I was like, that's what I have to do. She's like, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, like you knew all along. She's like, yeah. But she's wow. like, but you had to realize it for yourself. Cause I could have told you, but it wouldn't have registered with you. Like you had to have that aha moment for yourself. And so, because I went through that own experience myself, I understand now, maybe I know what to say to someone. Maybe I know this is, I know like this is their next step or they're, they're just like that one moment from breakthrough. Like they could really just push through this, but maybe that one word I give, it it may not do it. Maybe it's themselves. And and, and it is, it is yourself. It is. And that's the point I want to make is like, at the end of the day, it's, it's you who who needs to make the effort to, to want to come out of that. Right. To want change, to want to become better, to, 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 to acknowledge like, Hey, I need help. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and actually that is like one of the biggest, um, steps somebody can take in, in growth is, is acknowledging that and how brave that is of someone, how courageous that is of someone. Like, you know, we, we think of bravery and courage and we think of like these superheroes and these just like <laughs> big job things. And it's like, yes, absolutely. There's so many people who do so many great things, but it's like, but let's also give like a shout out to the people that are like putting out to light some of the things that they've been dealing with. Cause that is one of the courageous, mm-hmm. like the most courageous things you could do as a human is like, this is my gunk I'm putting out in the light. It's extremely uncomfortable. I may be embarrassed, but you know what? That's where healing begins. Amen. That's where growth begins. That's where like new life begins, you know, yeah. like the old is gone. The new is here, you know? And so, yeah, I, I think I went on a whole tangent, but <laughs> Oh my god. No, you're good. No, it's it's so true and it's all good stuff. And yeah, I think like you said, the person has to want it. Um, I said this the other day to a family member. I was like, you know, we're talking about someone and we're like, we can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Absolutely. You know, like so I really feel like that's so true. And it's so easy to get invested, you know, by those around you, you know, you're like, drink the water. Like, I want you to drink the water. You know, this is going to help you change your life. But, you know, you have to wait, you have to be patient and be still, which is always not easy, but it's definitely important to remember and stay centered and grounded with that. And so I think it's so true and so important and so relevant. I feel like a lot of people definitely could relate and, you know, have that in their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. My girl. Woo, wow. We, we did some, we did some good chats out here. I wanted to ask you the, the golden question of the pod, um, that you're no stranger to. And that is if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Hmm. This kind of goes back a little bit to the, you know, empathetic heart that I carry, I will always, you know, be a family oriented person and and always love the people in my life. But what I would tell myself is that it's okay to choose you, Mm. that it's okay to choose you because, you know, I feel like I tend to prioritize other areas of my life or other people. And, you know, that, that's a great trait and quality to have, but, you know, I'm a daughter of Christ and I, and I matter too. And so just kind of prioritizing myself and, you know, I think that's what I would tell my younger self and that there's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel guilty, you know? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And so be life giving and love others. Just also choose you along the way. Absolutely. So. I feel like you can only love others to the extent that you love yourself. You know, so right. if you're full of love and you like you truly love yourself and not in a cocky way, but just in a confident way and like who God created you, you're gonna be able to love others very well. But if like someone's just like not there, it's really hard to love someone when you don't even love yourself. So that's so good. And you start that by choosing to, to choose yourself. Right. And you do that, like what we talked about by creating those boundaries, by, by, you know, doing things that may be uncomfortable, but you know, that's going to help you in the long run. And as you get better and that you grow, guess what? Those around you are going to grow and get better. And 
Um, we we heard this a couple weeks ago of like healed people heal people and hurt people hurt people. So it's Amen. like, do you do you want to be hurt and hurt people, or do you want to get healed? Because that's 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 definitely an option. And then guess what? You can help others heal along the way. You know, like what what greater thing than that? You know. Right. And also like, I can't be the best version of myself and take care of all these other things or be, you know, prioritize all these other, if I'm not prioritizing my own well-being Absolutely. or my own self, you know, and I feel like a lot of the times, especially in the field of, you know, social work and therapy, like we are so client centered. And I feel like we also do that in our personal lives that, mm-hmm. you know, we have to make sure that we are prioritizing ourselves so that we can attend to the other areas of our life in a healthy way, you know? Yeah. And so I just want to share, like, I feel like growth is a never ending journey. And I just want to remind everyone that it's not about the destination. It's about the journey itself. Absolutely. Yes. And ain't about the destination, about the journey, baby. Cause you're going to, you're going to know where you're going, you know, you know, you're going to get there. So you might as well enjoy the process on the way. All right, Natasha, thank you so much for just um, giving us your time and sharing your part out here. I know there's so much more we could talk about, um, which who knows, you know, maybe part two. Um, yeah, but- maybe when I have my license, I can kind of, you know, <laughs> provide more insight about, you know, therapy and some of the things that I learned and theories and interventions, all that good stuff. We'll see what the future holds, but I'm very happy. So thank you so much for having me. I feel very honored and I hope that, you know, everyone enjoyed it. <laughs> I know I enjoyed it. And I am just so grateful to have had this conversation. You share your gold with people and my girl, I will see you soon. Yes. Appreciate you, Megan. Thank you so much. All right. Take care my girl. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate and review as it makes a huge difference. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family and don't forget to follow at One Thing in Common Podcast on Instagram and tag us with any insights you got from the episode. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and I hope you have the best week. Much love.